Hey everyone, my name is Gordon Light and you are listening to episode number two of the Fit Successful Dad Podcast. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome one more time to episode number two of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I am your host, my name is Gordon Light, and today you guys are going to be hearing the very first interview on the Fit Successful Dad podcast, and it is with an amazing woman. Her name is Amanda Dixon. Amanda is a mother of two. She has a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old girl, and she has built and continues to run a brand called Baby Love. Now, Baby Love is a unique baby products company whose, I'll say, overall mission is to create a parenting mentorship group, and that's kind of an end game uh, goal of theirs. Initially, right now, it is currently very product focused, and you can find all of their products right now on babyloveusa.com, and her main product line, which you can go on and check out, is a solution that to a problem that Amanda had with her her first child, and uh, she was going to talk about it in the interview, and I'll I'll let her you know explain all the details. But that was her big launching point. So you know, essentially, Amanda had an issue, you know, a problem, a pain point in her life, and she created a product to fix the problem. And from there, she went on to introduce other things around that solution, around that product. And over time, she created a brand. Now, this brand is something that she uses to generate money today. Now, you'll hear kind of how she got into that and how it relates to her uh, working full-time at a regular job, which she no longer does, and what her future plans are. But this working mother took a idea and turned that idea into a brand and found a way to invest in that brand, both time and money, while not neglecting anything at home and continues to be a rock star mom. And she has these lofty goals of which I'm very confident she's going to meet. And uh, she's just just absolutely killing it. She's very inspiring, very motivating individual. And she's going to talk about how she uses the Amazon.com platform to well, she used it to build her business and get her brand up off the ground and build an audience and a customer base and how she continues to leverage that to this day, but also is going, she's going to talk about how that's not going to be her future uh, like flagship platform to have her, her brand sitting on, right? She plans on, plans on branching out from that and, and standing on her own two feet and Again, I have the utmost confidence that she is going to be able to do that. Now, before I transition over, I want to let you know that the audio clarity is not as crystal clear as I was hoping on her end, and this is due to some technical limitations in her hardware setup, and that's okay because I think that there's a lot of 
excellent takeaways here from this interview, especially if you're a person that's working, that's looking to branch out and create a brand or something. And maybe you're wondering how another working parent has been able to do that and build it into something as big as Amanda has built baby love into. Okay, having all of that said, allow me to now introduce to you Amanda Dixon. All right. Hi, Amanda. Um, before we get into uh, business stuff, uh, why don't you take a couple of minutes and just kind of tell us, the audience and myself, who you are and what has you excited right now? Well, uh, hi. <laughs> My name is Amanda Dixon. Um, I am the owner of a brand name Baby Love. Um, I'm just starting out and I'm excited because I just quit my job in January and this is February of 2017 and working on the business full time, which is exciting, scary, fun, amazing, um, all wrapped into one. (laughs) Uh, so you just quit your job in January. That's, that's something we're going to definitely explore here in a minute. Um, so You've created this brand, Baby Love, and we'll we'll talk more about that as well. But uh, you continue to run this brand, Baby Love. Um, so, what about that business and any other businesses that you might be involved in? Is bringing in revenue. So, in other words, you said you quit your job in January. Is Baby Love paying all the bills right now? Before we go into it, I can give you kind of like a background story if you'd like. Sure. Uh, why don't you just go ahead and, and tell us the whole story? Um, well, in 2015, I uh, was on a website called Quora. I don't know if you're familiar with it, where people ask questions and um, other people write answers. And one of the questions was, how do you make 10000 in a month? And somebody posted this concept of, well, selling on Amazon, you can easily make much more than 10000 a month. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. I never even knew that that was a... a thing that you could do. Um, And so at that time I was working and um, I had a a small child and I was pregnant and I was studying for some certification exams and all kinds of things. So I told myself that I would kind of put off the whole concept until my maternity leave at the end of 2015. Um, And that's when I would kind of focus my time and effort and energy on researching this whole Amazon concept. So at that time, um, I found kind of a, um, online guru, if you would, um, networking group kind of thing that taught step-by-step ways how to do this process. And so, um, in January of 2016, I went ahead and started the process of sourcing a product from China and, um, because of Chinese New Year and all kinds of things, I didn't physically get my first product up until June or July of that year um, and started selling. And um, so that product, the reason why I started with that product, um, as I was doing all of the research, there was someone who gave the advice of, to find your first product, look at your own history on Amazon and look at why Um, you bought the things that you did and find something that you would be interested in selling and then research that and see if it's viable from a financial perspective. 
so at that time I had just purchased three pillows that kind of um, round out a baby's head after it's been flattened out. So my son, um, when he was very little, got um, what they call plagiocephaly or flathead syndrome. Um, and we had to get him one of those helmets to round his head back out. Now that whole process of going back multiple times over a few months to round the head back out was like over $2,000. So when I had my second, yeah, out. So when I had my second child, I knew that I didn't want to go through that again. So I was like, they must have these pillows out there to kind of keep a baby's head round so they don't, um, you know, flatten back out. And so I had bought three, one for upstairs crib and downstairs crib and daycare and those kind of things. So when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to sell, I was like, well, if I bought three, I'm sure other people are going to buy multiple of these. But each of the pillows that I had purchased previously um, had something wrong with them. Either, you know, the materials were too hard or it was thin or it had a hole in the bottom, which left a little tiny flat spot on the back of the head or something like that. So I um, worked with uh, memory foam manufacturers in China and came up with a design for um, my own product. And that um, was the first one that I put out there. And um, in the middle of 2015, that product took off. Like I, I ordered an initial thousand and um, I sold out of them or I almost sold out of them before I could get another batch manufactured and sent over. Um, so that was a really good problem to have. I had to raise the prices and those kind of things and, and decrease the sales. Um, then when I got the new shipment in and I, I boosted the, the sales again, um, I was ranking for some of the top keywords and ranking in my category and a competitor um, came to my listing, well, went to Amazon and said, you know, this is not, um, FDA compliant and um, they took my, they shut my listing down. And so I've been going back and forth with the FDA even to see if the, the pillow is considered a medical device. Um, and uh, around the uh, Thanksgiving timeframe, I went ahead and um, made some tweaks to my listing and um, switched categories and did a number of different things and sales skyrocketed um, from Thanksgiving. Actually, I did less in the December timeframe than I did in the January timeframe. So, um, you know, a baby pillow is something that people need on a regular basis, but it's not something that they really want to buy as a gift for Christmas. So, um, so I actually did more sales between the middle of December and the middle of January than I did the heavy part of the, the holiday season, which was middle of November through middle of December. So, um, I, so that was my first product and along the way I'm kind of aggressive in the way that I do things and so I decided to try and do um, sourcing of a number of different items to put together for a baby sleep themed gift bag, um, one for a boy, one for a girl, and one that was gender neutral. So I um, 
put together, you know, it's a diaper bag with a shoulder strap and a changing pad and the memory foam head shaping pillow with an extra pillowcase, a book called The Happiest Baby on the Block. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's great for getting children to go back to sleep. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> an MP3 download card of lullabies and um, a stuffed animal and blanket set. So it, for the girl, it's a kitty with a pink blanket. And if it's a boy, it's a, a cow with a blue blanket. And for gender neutral, it's a hippo with a green blanket. So trying to source all of those things, um, assemble them together, uh, getting the listings figured out and, and keywords and all of that. So I tried to get it for the holidays, couldn't physically get the materials in until the beginning of December. Then there was just no way to get it all done because I was still working full time. Um, so it wasn't until I actually stopped working in January that I was able to put 440 units together and get them sent into Amazon. So I'm just doing some initial promotions on those right now. Wow, that is quite a story. So when did that all start? You said 2014 or early 2015? Late 2015. Late 2015. Uh, so I actually sold my first pillow in the middle of 2016. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Now you said it was like June, I think, right, of 2015 when you first got your your first set of uh, products? Yeah, just, well, just... Uh, no, that was when I had that very first concept of, hey, you can sell on Amazon in June of 2015. So it was a year later, so about seven, eight months ago that I sold my first product. Okay, wow. Okay, so you did all of this while while working full-time, right? And now, let me give you the caveat of working full-time. <laughs> okay. So I... Um, when I started this whole process and thought in 2015, I was working as a program manager for a you know, Fortune 100 company um, doing massive Oracle implementation projects. Um, the company was going to be spun off from its, its corporate overlord, basically. And I um, was put in charge of kind of splitting all of the IT systems and things apart from, from the parent company. And then it got to the point where I'm like, this this is not the place I want to be anymore. I want to focus on this Amazon thing. So I um, was offered a consulting position. And so I, I quit my real corporate job and went into this consulting position. And it was absolutely exactly what I needed right at the time that I needed it because this consulting position, it was, I think, a 34% increase in pay. And I went from having to work crazy hours, way overloaded with work, to basically being paid to sit at my desk and they gave me nothing to do and paid me crazy money to do it. So I was able to work on the Amazon business while sitting at my desk being paid as a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's actually a pretty lucky situation. I don't think a lot of people end up in that that type of um, yeah, in that type of position. But that's great. That's awesome. Well, I I am a very firm believer in you know figure out the characteristics of what you want. The characteristics that I put out there were you know more money, less work to do, um, something that was safe and easy while I wanted to to start up this brand, and that's exactly what I got. So. Um, I'm not going to go into too many woo-woo things, but that's kind of the, the <laughs> way that I live my life, and it, it has worked out pretty well for me. Um, and so 
that consulting engagement started in May of 2016. And um, so it was while I was sourcing that first product and getting it up for sale. And it went all the way through December of 2016. So it went through the end of the year. That's when that engagement completed. Um, so in January, I was still full-time salaried with my consulting firm, and they were working to deploy me to another client when I decided, you know, this is this is not what I want to do. I definitely don't want to go to a new client engagement because, you know, they'll act, actually expect me to work and do pay me to do. So I... Um, I decided to say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. But the business isn't quite big enough to support um, the family. So what I was able to do was liquidate some savings and um, that should support my, my family for the next um, year. So throughout 2017, and my goal is by the end of 2017 for the business to be large enough to comfortably support um, itself and my family. That is Outstanding. So are you taking then, if you've liquidated some assets and you have all this extra cash to support everything, are you taking all of the sales revenue from Baby Love and kind of reinvesting that back in to scale it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're actually not taking a paycheck out of that company yet. Correct. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, that's quite a story. Um, Seriously, Amanda, that's that's great. That's that's uh, very inspiring. I think a lot of people will get a ton of value out of hearing that. The consulting thing at the end, I won't say that was luck of the draw, but you know, not everyone has, uh, not everyone comes across that opportunity. That's that's really great. But even though you weren't working necessarily eight, nine, ten hours a day at that job, you still had to be at a desk and be available, right? You still yeah. have someone you had to communicate with. I can tell you there's another component to this, and um, I, I assume most entrepreneurs are with this way. I don't know if how true this statement will be, but for me, I can do much more than your average Joe. Um, so what they were giving me to do, I, I had stuff to do and I had meetings to go to and, you know, I, I had deliverables and I completed those deliverables, but it was a drop in the bucket compared to what I used to and what I was capable of. So I was able to get done what they wanted me to do in a short period of time and then spend the rest of the time um, working. Now, the place where I was was government and high bureaucracy, and a lot of the people who work there on a regular basis said that um, their normal full-time employees would be given 20 hours of work a week and be sitting there for 40. So. Uh, it depends, you know, that's not the way it was at all in my previous corporate position. So the government component to it um, definitely helped. So it's when I say they were paying me to sit at a desk and do nothing, it wasn't literal. Um, sure. I was yeah. doing. Um, but at the same time, my capacity, um, which I've recognized more and more as I've been focusing on my my business full time um, is is very high, and so there's quite a bit that I can get done in a short period of time and really move that needle. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, so yeah, so like I was saying, it, which you just you completely explained in detail, uh, is that even though you weren't being taxed eight, nine, ten hours a day, you still had to be there. You still had things to do. You still have emails to answer, meetings to go to, people to interface with, and all of that 
definitely requires brain power, and that brain power absolutely is being siphoned away from what you really want to focus on, which is baby love, right? So that's that's incredible, incredible story. Um, what would you say was the hardest part out of that entire picture and landscape you just painted for us? What was the the hardest part about getting that brand up and off the ground? <clears throat> well, so the the physical putting together of inventory seemed to be the, the hardest part. So when I was still working full time, I couldn't. So the way I've structured my day now and and before i really didn't change the structure that much it's just instead of me going to a a job i stay home and i work for my home office but my evenings and my weekends are for my family and they're for my kids and my husband and my house and those kind of things and so i don't um they really don't see that big of a difference but um it's just where I, I shift and I focus my time. So when I was still working full time and I had to put these gift bags together, which um, it took when I was really chugging along and I had everything prepped and ready, it took three minutes to put together one one piece. And so. Um, wow. And that it, first batch was what do you say? Four hundred and fifty. Yeah. Four hundred forty. Yeah. And so it took a long time. Now, that's just the putting together is one thing it's that getting everything prepped and ready because i had to cut ribbons and print labels and you know just all kinds of stuff (coughs) and so um it was i was completely unable to do any of that while i was working full-time and then when i stopped it took me a good week and a half of eight hours a day um just to get that done so it's 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 this physical stuff of the physical products. Um, like another thing is I've got this pillow. Well, I've got extra pillowcases and I don't sell very many pillowcases, even though I get a, give a coupon to people. Um, so what I decided to do was to bundle, you know, here's your pillow that has its original pillowcase and then bundle it with an extra pillowcase. Um, so I physically put all that together yesterday and sent 120 of those into Amazon. So um, it's really, that's the hardest part for me. Everything else, you know, I, I'm pretty good when it comes to, I, I have a background in marketing and my project management professional certification and my Lean Six Sigma um, process improvement certification and all of those kind of things. So the rest of the business really seems to flow easily for me. It's the when I everything comes to a screeching halt and I physically have to put boxes together that, yeah. That's kind <laughs> of, yeah, so the physical inventory management. Yeah, I know that can be a bear. Uh, I, I'm familiar with it myself and I know plenty of people that work FBA and everyone's got a unique story and none of them are really that seamless or pretty. So I, I can resonate with that for sure. Um, so how many hours a day would you say you spend working just in general on, on baby love, not physical (laughs) inventory management necessarily, but just, you know, the whole, the whole business. So the way that I've structured my week is I drop off my kids every morning at daycare around 7.15. So my day starts at 7.30 and I go until 3.30 to 4.30 depending on what I'm doing that day. Except on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I take off a couple of hours in the morning to do Bikram hot yoga. Um, and that's something that's for me, you know, working with this business coach and she was like, you have to have a chunk of time. That's for you. That's not your family. It's not your business. It's just 
for you. So Tuesday and Thursday mornings, I take that chunk of time for me. I love it. Um, yeah, so between 3.30 and 4.30, that's kind of my variable time of if I need to continue on business stuff, I do. If not, I go and, you know, do dishes and make dinner and all of that because my husband will be home at 4.30 with the kids from daycare. Um, then after putting the kids to bed, I have opted on my – I have an actual physical weekly schedule. Um, I have optional time from – you know, eight o'clock to 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock if I wanted to continue to do business stuff. But I have solidified that I will not do um, business things on the weekend except for like customer inquiries or questions on Amazon. That's the only thing that I'll respond to over the weekend. Right. Yeah. And no, I, I subscribe to that as well. And it, as a parent, it's if you want to stay involved, and I think anyone listening to this and anyone that I'll probably be interviewing um is heavily focused on that family aspect so that doesn't necessarily mean weekends off but making time for family is absolutely critical and yeah again i think everyone can kind of resonate with that so i I appreciate that i respect that i think that's that's an excellent approach um so that that kind of answers my next question i was going to ask kind of how you schedule in time to manage everything the family life time with your kids time with your business but where in that you've now quit your job, which is awesome, by the way, um, you're able to use that entire block of time during business hours, if you will, to do that. So uh, that, that's awesome. Now, your, your three-year-old, I'm kind of dialing back time a little bit. I remember when my son was three and he was just starting to click with certain things uh, that I was doing and saying. And he was starting to understand kind of, you know, that I go to work and I come home and relatively the same times every day. But have you started to talk about that with him at all? Or, or has he, has he noticed, you know, the box is coming in and that it's mommy's business and all that? Yes, actually, he, he said something yesterday. So, um, you know, if I'm still in my, my home office when my husband brings the kids home, he'll, he'll send them downstairs and into my, into my office. And so my son will be like, mommy, what are you doing? I'm like working on business. And then, um, when returns come back from Amazon and I open up the box, um, he sees the pillows because like the photography on the product packaging is my daughter. And so, um, my son will always be like, Oh, look, it's Lily. <laughs> and <laughs> he knows it's like the pillows are for the business. And, um, so he's learning those kind of things, but that's pretty much the extent to it. So, um, what he sees is minimal. Um, since the time frame that I focus on the work is the same time frame that I went to my job previously. So um, basically, mommy going to work is um, it's just a different location, but the same time. Okay, yeah, that's 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 not too big of a disruption. Um, right. I, you know, I, I I at one point was chasing FBA very, very aggressively. And uh, I'm still involved in it now, but I had boxes coming in all the time and I work full time and my son was always playing with them and he was totally confused. You know, I'd come home from work and then we'd play for a bit and then I'd put him to bed and then I'd go to work again <laughs> in my office. And, you know, if he got up or whatever and uh, came to find me, you know, it was just it was a big confusion. He was, Daddy, I thought you were already at work. I'm like, yeah, I'm working again. He's like, oh, okay. But, um, so do you think that this is kind of a bigger picture thing, but if you, uh, as if being an entrepreneur, um, have you, has that changed the way that you think you'll approach raising your kids at this point? So, you know, you had 
you had kids, um, you know, three years ago and a year ago and whatever. And you, I'm sure like most parents, you know, you had these, these visions of how things were going to go and how you were going to incorporate your family life with your work life and all that. But now that the tables have turned significantly for you, you know, professionally, has that affected the way that you envision and, and, uh, kind of forecast to the, the future with your family and working and travel and all those things? Yes. Well, the main thing is because my goal with my business is financial freedom. So the, the main driver to that is number one, my kids' education. And number two, um, that kind of follows on from that is that more broad education outside of the classroom. So um, traveling the world and seeing other cultures and other people and other languages and um, being able to go and, you know, if they want to go to space camp or robotics camp or, you know, they want to immerse themselves in something and be a part of it and there instead of just hearing about it on TV. Um, so the, the business and the entrepreneurship and the financial freedom, the whole point is how to give my children what I feel that every child should have, which is that broadening of horizons and opportunity and, um, you know, the best education possible, those kind of things. So, um, one of my first goals and driving things in my head is, um, I only have two kids right now, but we are planning or hoping in the next year or so to, to start for a third. And so, um, there's a local private school that, goes pre-K through 12 and to do that is basically a quarter of a million dollars um, for one kid pre-K through 12 so for three kids that's you know three quarters of a million dollars so my goal my very first goal is to get that chunk of money set it aside into an account have it be interest bearing and then the interest on that three quarters of a million will then obviously kick off enough for whatever college they want to go to. So their education should completely be taken care of the very first thing. So, um, those are the kind of thought processes that come from the entrepreneurial ability to say, you know, I'm in charge of my money and my future and uh, the financial freedom for my family. Oh, that is so awesome. I, I, I imagine that when you were working full time at a job for somebody that maybe the thought didn't cross your mind that you'd be able to throw out three quarters of a million dollars for your child's, um, you know, grade school education. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. And <laughs> one of those things where um, I had looked into, you know, they have STEM school charter where you get into a lottery and all of that. I had looked into that kind of stuff because I knew I didn't want them. I actually am in a place that has pretty good public schools. Um, but I personally went to an all girls boarding school for high school, which was a defining part of my educational experience. Um, I didn't know it at the time and I kind of rebelled against it at the time, but in hindsight, it was wonderful and I'm very thankful for it. And so I want to make sure that that same caliber of education is available for my children. Well, I, um, I feel very confident then if you keep pushing towards baby love and seeing it continue to grow and scale, that that'll definitely be possible. Um, so I have, one last question. It's a little bit more of a broad question, right? But I think that it's going to 
inspire and motivate a lot of the entrepreneurial focused parents out there and if you were standing at a podium right now in front of a ballroom or a function hall full of parents okay these are parents who are absolutely interested and passionate about and want to pursue some kind of entrepreneurship to turn their vision into reality but just don't think it's possible given schedule money energy if you were that person up there and all the eyes are on you what would you tell them well, that actually coincides directly with the, the book that I am planning to hopefully get out into the world in 2017, which is all about perspective, um, perspective parenting. So it's this concept of the way you see the world is the way that you shape and create what's around you. So the statement that you just made of you don't think you can do it. You have this idea, but because of money or because of time or because of business or job or whatever, you don't think you can. Um, that old adage of if you don't think it, then if you don't think you can do it, then you're right. If you do think you can do it, you're right. Whatever you think you can do, whatever your perspective is, that is your reality. So change your perspective and change your reality. Um, and so the, the book that I'm writing is going to help parents do that through their parenting. So um, changing the perspective of the situations with their children, understanding their own personal perspective of themselves, their own personal perspective of them as a parent, but then at the same time, their perspective of their children. So if they can put themselves in their children's shoes in that certain situation, then they can understand more of what their child is thinking and feeling and then correctly respond, um, which will help them grow both the parent and the child emotionally um, and create a, a tighter bond between them and then reduce a number of different uh, negative repercussions. So it's all about the way you, you think and the way you see the world. Um, so that is the one thing that we control is the way that we choose to think and perceive. So take that first step, choose your thoughts, and then move forward. I love it. Perception. And I don't know about you, but my perception totally changed when I started putting people around me that had a similar vision. I, I fully yeah. believe in the, the whole thought that you know, surround yourself with the people that are like-minded and you will kind of adapt to that like-mindedness and it'll just continue to grow and grow and grow until that's all you know. Right. Yep. Whatever your new normal is. And um, I, I actually, when I, I come in contact with people that are average in our society or that, you know, centered towards the mean, I, it's it's mind-boggling to me because my perspective and perception has shifted so much because of you know podcasts that I've listened to or people that I've um, come in contact with or you know all of the things that we are able to surround ourselves with because of this digital world that we live in whether it's um, listening or watching videos or reading books um, you don't have to meet the people they don't have to be your next door neighbors but you can still get their thoughts and still um, kind of allow their thought process to become your new normal um, without having to ever meet them. Yeah, I love it. Um, so when can we expect that book to come out? 
my goal is to have it by the end of, uh, well, ready by October of this year, 2017. Um, but we'll see, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, um, that'll be on the shelves in October or just completed? Um, well, it, it will be available, um, in physical, well, when you say on the shelves, I don't know if it'll physically go to bookstores or not, but it'll be available through my website and other things. Um, but we'll see. The sky's the limit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. It's still it's only February, so you never know what could happen. And what is the title of it? Perspective Parenting. Perspective Parenting. Love it. Perfect title. And it, it fits the content beautifully. Um, okay. Well, listen, Amanda, that is actually going to wrap it up. Um, how can the audience go ahead and get in touch with you about baby love and all the other things that you're doing and your book perspective parenting? Well, everything is on my website or once it's available, will be on my website, which is babyloveusa.com. Um, and then my email is just info I N F O at babyloveusa.com. Okay. And those two things will be in the show notes. And also do you have a social media presence that anyone, do you want anyone to follow? Well, this is a work in progress. Everything is new. Um, if you want to be one of the first people in my audience, <laughs> I'll be starting to really focus on all of that next week, starting Monday. Today's Friday. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, no, this will give people an opportunity to watch your, your whole progression from the ground up, you know, essentially ground up. That's great. Um, awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for letting me interview and good luck with everything. And when that book comes out in October, I'd love to have you back on and talk about it. Great. Sounds great. All right. Have a good one, Amanda. Thanks again. What did you guys think of that conversation with Amanda Dixon, the owner of Baby Love? She's such a fantastic human being. I loved having that conversation with her. She's very personable and very inspiring, very, very motivating and honestly had me really considering what my financial why was. Now, normally I'm not driven by anything financial and I want to be clear based on the conversation I had with her on and off air that when she says she's, she's driven a little bit uh, by that, that looming $750,000, you know, three quarter of a million dollar figure to put her kids through school, it's, it's not... It's not that she's pushing her company to the point where she has that much money. Like that's not her only goal, but that is kind of her why. And her why is really her her children and her children's education. And so the subcomponent of running your own shop is that you can achieve financial freedom. And her financial freedom is going to allow her our plan is to allow her financial freedom to permit her, I guess is the right way to say it, to um, store away that kind of money in order to fund her children's education. So in a roundabout way, there is a financial component to her motivation, but it's really not just to get more money to buy more stuff, you know, like cars or whatever. It's, it's a really, really, really good reason, I think, and very fitting for a guest of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. And once again, it's not impossible if you have a, a vision or a dream of any kind that involves creating something, creating your own path, 
and there's not this constraint of having children that take your time and your money. There's not a constraint that is cast by that that will hold you back from achieving all the things that you want to achieve. It's very important that you understand that, and Amanda is just the first of many people who I'll have on the show who will demonstrate just how possible it is to create what you want to create and become who you want to become. So everyone, once again, thank you so much for joining me on the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Once again, my name is Gordon Light, and if you got value out of this show, please go ahead and share it with somebody else in your circle who you think might also get value out of it. And if you have an opportunity and would like to, uh, please go ahead and check out our website, fitsuccessfuldad.com. There's a lot of cool stuff up there now and a cool new worksheet that I just added to the blog about something that I'll talk about soon here on the podcast called micro sprinting. And it's a cool little productivity scheduling technique that I use to get a ton of work done in a very small window of time. And I sprinkle those periodically throughout the week. And that's how I ensure I take that small step every single day to move the needle forward, as they say. And you can do it too. Just go up there and check out the latest blog post and download the free, totally free, uh, worksheet to identify your ideal micro sprint duration and how to integrate that into your very, very busy schedule. So that's it, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Take care. And I will talk to you on the next episode.